Let's take our text tonight from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. So Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. You know, in this account here, it's right after, uh, a little bit before, Moses gave another set of uh, commandments for him to keep it safer in the, the ark now. So, uh, and God was uh, telling Moses to tell people, hey, it's time for you to go into the promised land and just take it. That's all you have to do. Just take it. But uh, the only requirement is to fear the Lord, your God, to walk in his way, to love him and to serve him and to keep his commandment. It's simple. And they could succeed if they just do that and try not to make it more complicated than that. So tonight, success. When I was reading that verse and you know, we were doing some devotion in um, our, our our site thing, it slipped my mind now, the day, yes, thing, the, in Ecclesiastic and stuff like that too, on Solomon and all that. But um, you go in there. Get the website and do that every day. It's really great. It's really encouraging. But back to this. Success. I try to understand, you know, I hear a lot lately about high school, high school reunion. I don't remember when mine is. Maybe because I don't have Facebook, so maybe they can't contact me. I don't like to be on media much. So it's a good thing. I think I went to the 10th one. You know, when when I got the yearbook way back when I graduated a long, long time ago, they they have that section that says that, you know this person most likely to be successful, and yeah you know, this person that I wonder how what make this person yeah you know, most likely to succeed yeah you know, I, I looked at that I said yeah I did well too how come I'm not on that list that page and um, is it because I was too quiet too shy or, or what but anyway and um, so I always wonder about that and even nowadays success. I mean, it's defined, it's so relative in the definition that we have nowadays. Um, well, one of the definition of success is to, uh, the ability to reach your goal in life and whatever those goals may be, or to attain something or to accomplish whatever you have set or to make pro- uh, progressions. So, and they said it's not really a destination, but, uh, it's more of a journey toward developing yourself and uh, what you thrive towards. And so success is defined differently by everyone. And everyone has their own definition. Well, I'll give you an example. Back to school. Okay, as a student, you know, if some, if you graduate high school, I mean, you would be jumping up and down because you didn't fail and you don't have to repeat or go back to high school again. But there's other who, you know, getting that B plus or A minus, they would cry their eyes out for weeks on end. You know, they want that A's. And I understand when I first got my B plus, I, I, I just didn't know what to do in that calculus class. I, 
English was getting harder in, in calculus. Uh, so, I mean, pre-calc, they had more story problems and stuff like that, so it's hard, hard to do. But anyway, so success is different for everybody. And uh, the same thing when it comes to uh, jobs also. A lot of people thrive, you know, to become somebody in this world, in their work. Uh, they're not settled for just being, you know, in low management or just a laborer, but they want to be manager, CEO, and so forth. So, again, it's the ability, that they want to reach something uh, that, that you want to fill or something. Now, I also, um, to some people, I used to think this way, but, you know, not lately because I have the twins who love to sing when there's a choir going on, they, they just like to shout. Um, but I think a lot of time I used to think, well, maybe when I reach retirement age, that is success, right? I know some of you want to reach that level too. Uh, but, um, but when it comes down to it, uh, when I thought and pray about it, in the world, success, when it comes down to it, that uh, it's all about having power, control, and prosperity. That is it. Whatever anybody's trying to do, it's all about having the power to control whatever that is around them or whomever is around them. And having as much wealth, material as possible to do whatever they want whenever they want. But how do, do we define success as a Christian? As a Christian, I believe uh, success is obedient to God, first and foremost. Once we become obedient to God, we are motivated by the love of God. And once we have that love of God in our life, we use that love to advance His kingdom. That is, our job is, once we know God, once we have God in our life, we're supposed to share that love of God. Make God known. Soon as we know God, we're supposed to make God known to other. That's what is success uh, as a Christian, you know, I believe, tonight. So, and um, real success begins by obeying God, command to repent, first and foremost, believing in Jesus Christ and following Him in all area of our lives. Now, when uh, when you think about that again, when I was young as a young Christian, you know, I, I didn't used to think that. Well, all area of my life, does the Bible tell me how to act, behave? You know, I didn't. Again, if you're young, if you're new Christian, you don't know much unless you start reading. It does. In all area of our life, mean just that. You know, in let's say how to talk or how to have conversation. Or what you should talk about. The Bible does talk about that. Every conversation, we're not supposed to have any corrupt communication, anything to come out of our mouth. It should be edifying one another. You know, not gossiping or not putting anybody down. Or how to live our life or how to work. It does tell us on how we should behave or how we should work, how we should treat another. I was surprising one time I was working at a place. Um, you know, they know I was a Christian. I know some people as Christian there, and I I men men mentioned certain thing or quote some Bible verses, and they said, "Well, at work we don't, we can't say stuff like this." And this wasn't politically incorrect or correct. It was just a behavior how Christians should behave. So I asked this person. I said, "Well, 
as a Christian, do you behave differently at work than at church? I mean, do you act a certain way only at church? And then when you come to work, you're supposed to be like everybody else? So I was kind of surprised by that. You know, again, as the Bible tells us how we should act and react at work. Yes, it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult a lot of time, especially in a certain work environment. Not all of us has a privilege to work at the church headquarter or volunteers that work at the church headquarter where everybody's nice and kind, yeah, right? So, yeah, it, it, it's a blessing. But out there, we're supposed to have shield and the love of God to guide us and direct us. And the same thing, now I used to wonder also, uh, yeah, because I talked to my children a lot or when growing up, how we should dress also. I know it's a a touchy subject for a lot of people. It does tell us in the Bible, Paul wrote to Timothy and in the Corinthians, how we should dress. If you don't know how, guys or girl, how you should properly dress as a Christian, read the Bible. Read the New Testament. Read Paul's letter to Corinthians, to Timothy, to all, you know, Ephesians, Colossians, and all that. It shows you how you dress. If you're not, again, and if you still don't understand, pray. Let the Lord guide you. There is a proper way to conduct yourself, to dress yourself as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. So when I say, you know, he will guide us and when he will direct us in all area of our lives, it's just that. And if you have a doubt, ask your Sunday school teacher or ask your uh, minister and your pastor. So now to be a successful Christian, we must first develop a real close relationship with God. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. We must constantly seek to draw nigh to him so we can understand his will. And then after that, we must have a rich prayer life and or a wealthy and a wealthy prayer life. What does it have? Uh, what does it mean to have a rich prayer life? Well, we must be constant in prayer. You know, David, Psalm 88, 2, he says, Let my prayer come before thee, incline thy ear unto my cry. Colossians 4, 2, continue, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continue, continuing instant in prayer. So again, throughout the Bible, it doesn't say just talk, pray here and pray there, but instant in prayer, continue in prayer. Daniel took time to pray three times a day. We have to continue and pray. The moment we get up and the moment we go to bed, we should be constant and continue in prayer with the Lord. The more communication, the closer the communication we have with God, the less room for something else to come into our life, to come into our thoughts, to come into our minds. It is. So just like having a communication with, let's say, your wife or a best friend, the more you talk to each other, the more you understand one another or what the other person wants and what the other person doesn't want. So it's important to have a rich and healthy prayer life. Once we have a rich and healthy prayer life, we will start to understand more and more of him and what his will is for us. Once we start to understand his will for us, you know what happened? Our will start to fade away. Our will start 
to be gone because we are not here. God made us to serve him, to have a purpose for him, not for us, or not to impress people out there around you, or not to impress the world, and not to serve the world. His purpose become our purpose. We seek to please him, again, and not ourselves or anything else in this world. Luke twenty two forty two saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And that is one of the most powerful, just to me, prayer when Christ seeks so much, not want to go through what he has to go through because he was seeing, seeing what he's going to have to go through, what the suffering that he's going to have to go through and the burden that he has to bear. He asked God, you know, to take that will. But you know what? He said, not my will, but your will be done. And it's the same thing for us. I mean, there's challenges in life. And sometimes we might want to give up. Sometimes we want to, you know, just this one time, I just want to do it my way. No, we can't give up. God is our strength. God is our hope. He will give us a way out. He will give us uh, strength to go through the next step. So, his once his will become once his will become a prior, priority in our life, it will have effect on those around us. I mean, do you believe that? It, it will have effect on those people. Will start to see you and say, you know, what is so different about you? I want to have what you have. But again, his will has to become a number one priority in our life. You know, in uh, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Again, we are not made to be the same as everybody else. Uh, I say many times throughout, you know, when, when I'm up here, we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart so we can be the same. I hear, I still hear when I talk to people or other Christian that, you know, well, I have to dress certain way to talk to people about Christ or to draw them to Christ to talk or to bring them to church. Or I have to listen to certain music so I can relate to them. Well, shouldn't they be starting listening to music that you listen to so they might be encouraged, so they can be more like Christ and not you be like the world? You know? And some, I even hear just some outrageous thing that, oh, well, I have to, you know, again, touchy subject, I have to have some tattoo and some earrings so I can go witness the people with tattoos and earrings. I don't know where it says that in the Bible that you have to become like the world to witness to the world. We're supposed to shine. We, we're supposed to stand out and shine out for Christ. If we use Jesus Christ to bring them to the church, that's what Christ is going to keep them. But if you use other methods, other ways to bring people to church or bring people to Christ, once those things are gone, they're going to be gone also. Right? So let's say if you use uh, hip-hop music uh, in our church, start to play some wild music. Brother Gary's not here, so I can say this. To bring them to church. And what happened when Brother Gary stopped using or playing all those kinds of music? They're probably going to leave, right? Because you're using music to keep them here. 
or whatever. Again, we need to use the love of God. We need to use Jesus Christ to bring people into the church or to bring people to know Christ because that's what's going to keep them and that's what's going to keep us. So, you know, in closing, Christian success is not about living your best life now or building up material possession to the world or in the world or you can tell so that you can tell people that, well, look at what God's done for me. Look at what all I have. I'm just so blessed. No, I'm not saying there's nothing, there's anything wrong about being wealthy or being rich or what God has blessed you with. Many people mentioned in the Bible are wealthy. They were blessed with wealth, but that wasn't their primary focus. Their focus was to serve the Lord and to give Him glory. But there are those who lost their focus, that used their focus to build their material wealth, you know, their possession, they ultimately lose all of that. Yeah. And uh, when, when they seek power and wealth, again, it corrupts. They ultimately lose all that, but it's about obedience to Him. That's what we are called to do. That's how we become a successful Christian. As follower of, Je- as follower of Jesus Christ, we are called to grow daily toward Him. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. We are called to grow each and every day. You know, if you're not growing, you're most likely to start falling back. It's just like walking or riding a bike up the hill. You have to keep on pedaling. You have to strive to get to the hilltop. And when you stop pedaling, you're going to start moving backward. So, again, as a Christian, we have to strive to go forward, to grow forward, to grow each and every day toward Jesus Christ because he called us to do that. Now, uh, Proverbs 16.3, Commit thy work unto the Lord, and thy thought shall be established. Again, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to commit all our work, all our being, everything we have, everything we do unto Him, so we can be established in Him. And here's what, uh, again, Solomon, uh, second closing. Solomon, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about that in Sunday school there. Again, one of the wealthiest person, the wisest person that ever lived, wealthiest. He's done everything that you can imagine, and most of those are probably not good. Again, he wants to enjoy the world and what's in it and all that, but ultimately, at the end, he says in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's it. I mean, this is from the wisest person who ever lived and one of the wealthiest person who ever lived, who had everything, done everything, bought everything, enjoyed everything. He realized that, you know, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandment. So tonight, do you have God in your life? Do you have the fear of God, the reverence of God in your life? Are you keeping his commandment? Are you following his commandment? That is our whole duty. If we want to be a successful Christian, walk a successful life, we have to keep his commandment. We have to have him in our life and we have to strive daily to grow 
closer and closer each him so we don't fall away like other and many have and many will more fall away so tonight i encourage you you know grow closer to the lord there's nothing better we don't we we don't want to draw closer to anything else that could distract us from that and tonight if you're not saved give your life to jesus christ you know, there, there's nothing better out there. And you can ask those who've gone before you and those who lived the life before you. But if you want to uh, try for yourself, remember that there's a lot of consequences to everything, to every action that we take or to every mistake we made also. You know, avoid those actions. Learn from other people's mistakes because God can keep you from all that. That's why I always enjoy the testimony for those who said they were saved since they're young and stay in the Lord all those times. I mean, that is a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble that you don't have to carry with you throughout your life. And thank the Lord for that. And even again, tonight, if you're not saved now, give your life to Jesus Christ and follow him. Our whole duty is, again, I'll say it again, to follow Jesus Christ, to keep his commandment and give praise to him all of our life. So God bless you and let's come and pray. The song of invitation is 267.